Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kids Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me is... Solomon Cooper. I, you know, I'm now I'm missing the dumb jokes. They're so <laughs> annoying, but at least it's something to look forward to. Now you say your name like a normal old person. Well, like, uh, do you want me to do one next episode? Do you want me to think of yeah. one right now? <laughs> no, I don't want you to think of one now. <clears throat> but for next episode. So, second... Second? Episode of the year. Yep. It's just... Chugging right along. Are we gonna, are Hang we, on, did we do the? Was the last one technically in the new year? It yes, was, it right? Was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because today's the ninth, and we did it on the second. Yeah. We did. I thought we did it on the fourth. No, second. The first was a Saturday. This is what people want to listen to us do: Actually, argue yeah, about yeah, the dates. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, um, so uh, we have a ragtag group of uh, uh, of movies to talk about. Not one movies. one movie, one TV show. Yeah, because we need to finish off what we didn't finish yeah. yes, last week. Yeah, so last week we told you that we were going to talk about The Matrix and um, Encanto. Encanto. I ranted too long about The Matrix, so we weren't able to get to Encanto. Um, now, at this point, we're basically just, as we've said many times, plugging different streaming services. This week, laying it on really thick with two offerings from Disney Plus. We love Disney Plus here. Yeah, apparently so. So, um, yeah, we have a Book of Boba Fett, episode two, which I'm actually really excited to talk about. And then Encanto. And look, I really enjoyed Encanto a little bit of, uh, you know, burying the lead or not burying the lead. Spoiling what I'm going to say. But me and Solomon uh, had a bit of a back and forth on whether or not Encanto was a substantial enough movie to warrant getting its own podcast. We didn't even give Dune its own well, devoted that's podcast. We hate everyone, and we didn't. I feel like Dune deserves its own podcast. It but did. We're mean. What did we? What movie do we do with Dune? I wasn't. I think it was Antlers. That's right. It was Antlers. Wow, that was a dumb idea. I agree. So anyway, we will see who is right. Me or Solomon, if there's enough substance in Encanto for us to make an entire podcast. But before we get there. But before we get there, I like the bees there. That was fun. <laughs> uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, so many bees. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Before we get there, Book of Boba Fett. Ooh. I didn't say Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, you said you said Book of Boba Fett. Anyway, Book of Boba Fett, by far better than last week's episode. Yes, for sure. 100%, 300%, 400%. Um, do you want to give us a plot synopsis? 
Mm, not really. Definitely not. What do you mean? You you can't you can't remember what happens. Uh, okay, here's here's what I'll, I'll do. What I can. It's gonna be real choppy. No, I'll just go ahead and do it. Thank God. I'll let you do the synopsis for Encanto. So oh, no. yeah, Pickle Boba Fett. This ep- this week's episode um, starts us right where the last week's ended with him going to confront the mayor, who he believes has sent these assassins to find him in a fun little, you know, I don't know if nod is the right word because it's so obvious. It's not even really an Easter egg, but um, in a fun nod to the original trilogy, Boba Fett breaks one of the assassins who they captured. He refuses to talk by throwing him into the Rancor pit. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, that was fun. And they open the door, opening the door for the Rancor to come out. And, um, and this big dumb assassin apparently didn't hear that, the Rancor was killed 30 years ago because there's nothing in there. But he tells them the mayor sent him. They're off to see the mayor, the wonderful mayor, mayor of Tatooine. Tatooine. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're not in most Eisley, though. They're in most Espa. Is that right? I'm pretty sure that's what they kept saying. Yep. Why are you sounding so unsure? Uh, that's because I don't know. I didn't even know that there was a... You didn't even know those were places in Star Wars. I know most Eisley was. I just didn't know the name of the... I didn't even know they said the name of the town. Yeah, he kept seeing most Espa, I'm pretty sure. Either way, oh, upon arriving, the mayor gives him a long speech about family and how it's different from bounty hunting and how why would he have sent these assassins? Maybe he needs to look somewhere else. So he sends him off to this club where he meets two very attractive... Um, we got in a discussion argument about this last time. Is it Twilight? Twilight. Twilight. Don't, don't even say the other one on this podcast. Twilight. Uh, I feel like you're stabbing me in my stomach. So he meets two stunningly gorgeous Twilight ladies. Thanks for letting everyone know how hot they were. Yes. Um, I'm talking about their personalities. Yes, really hot personalities. They really did. They had their personalities were stunning. Mm-hmm. They didn't say a single word, but one that's of them not did. true. One of them said a word. Anyway, so they find out. I'm I'm really delaying. I don't know why this reveal. Um, really great scene. Who here comes the real threat to Boba Fett, and who is it? The twins. But don't. Come on, who are the twins related to, and how? They're wait, are they like nephews, cousins? Cousins. Yeah, they're cousins of Jabba the. F- I almost said Jabba the Fett. Jabba the Hut. Oh my God, Jabba the Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jabba the Fett's cousins show up. Who were uh, who were these? You know, twin huts. Yeah. Um. One's a boy. One's a girl. They're not. They're is it is it fraternal? Yeah, fraternal twins. Yeah, they're fraternal twins. I felt like everyone needed to know that. I think they would figure that out since one was a boy and one was a girl. Yeah, I know. Just letting everyone know. Um, we have these huts show up, and it is really awesome. I do think that they were CGI'd. At least 90% of them was, which is a little bit disappointing. But still, really awesome. And they have with them... A, someone way cooler. Yeah, I don't know his name. He's from, apparently, Star Wars comics, but it's a huge... Badass looking Wookiee who's apparently is like a gladiator. Yeah, he's really cool. And he's like, yeah. So this is gonna be so they 
in the very beginning of the episode, they already corrected one of my hugest complaints with the pilot episode, which is letting us know what this this first series of Boba Fett is going to be about. You know what I mean? And it's going to be basically about him having to take on the huts. We also found out something that, pardon me. <coughs> Look, I had to cough that time. We find out something that I did not know. I don't know if it's established lore, if it was just in this. But I don't know if you noticed whenever um, Finnick Shand is talking to Boba and they're like, oh, if we want to take out these twins, we have to go get permission from the huts first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was dumb because I didn't understand why. I didn't think it was dumb. I just think that it's an interesting bit of lore where the huts know because they're a crime cartel family, right? Like the, the or species or whatever. Yeah. They all, basically all are criminals. Yep. So they know that at some point they're going to cross some other criminals and they're going to have to give, let them get killed. But their rule apparently is as long as you have to get permission from the hut, hut council if you're going to kill a hut. Otherwise, they'll all come after you, no matter what they did. I see. So let's say a hut came in and broke all your favorite uh, dishes and peed all over your couch and then killed all your pets. Well, you... The Huts would probably agree that he deserves to die, but they'd still have to come after you if you didn't get permission before you killed him. Thank you for that beautiful example. I just wanted to explain it to you why. I see. It It all makes sense now. So this is interesting to me, or exciting to me, because that means that we might be actually going to Hutta. In, We've been there in Clone Wars. We have, but we haven't ever been there. Uh, in live action. In live action. I mean, in Clone Wars, from what I could see, Hutta is not that interesting of a location. It's just like... A Louisiana swamp, but in space. There's a there's a there's one of those hot aliens from the prequels that they edited in. No, nope. The singer. Mm, she's beautiful. So can you sing the song that she sings? I have no idea how it goes, but I know she's gorgeous. I only was like, she's like, yeah, wah wah wah. I think that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Was that you? Were you the one singing for her? Yeah, that was actually me. That's awesome. Um. Anyway. I'm umming a lot this time, this episode, I feel, I think, I think I have some head every, fog. Every time you um, I'll just go, eh, no, really loudly. No, that'll be really <laughs> annoying to listen to. But yeah, they uh, introduced that. Now, unfortunately, for some people, even though I think it redeems itself as a, as a um, trope in this that they rely on, and that is... From setting the huts up and getting us all gung-ho, the whole last three quarters of the episode are a flashback. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Cool flashback. Yeah. So instead of being like, oh, here's how he got out of the Sarlacc pit, and here's how he lost his armor, and here's how this. It's an, it's an actual story of its own. Yeah, but they couldn't have had that if they didn't show all the Sarlacc pit stuff. Maybe. Maybe so. But we wouldn't know why he's there. So this whole the the thing switches to basically being um, a sci-fi version of the Great Train Robbery. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a it's it's different from some of the other train episodes because we've seen train movies and they usually are heists. And while they do steal things from this train, the main thing is there's this train. It's basically like a death train. Every once in a while, the death train comes around. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous. 
What? This is funny because, of course, it's dangerous. It's a death train. <laughs> so, yeah, this big death train <laughs> speeds through the sand people's territory, and it's just murdering them all, shooting their banthas. It's really sad. It's one shot to the bantha. You'd yeah. think they would survive, but no. Yeah, and we instant death. And this whole time, uh, you know, having proved himself by beating that really stupid-looking alien from last week's episode, uh, the the Tuscan Raiders are now training Boba Fett in like their combat style and whatever, and making him more one of them. Um, and so he decides he's going to help them out with this death train problem because mm-hmm. he feels really bad after a bunch of people get murdered. And so he goes to, and this, this is an actual Easter egg that I thought was really cool. And it was really cool because of how Easter egg it was. I didn't get the reference whenever it was first made. Uh, Cause they really didn't ref, they didn't really tell you what it was. It was just something so hidden that the hardest of hardcore fans found it. Yeah. And I thought that was really, that's a really neat way to do a callback because you know, then you're just telling your story. It doesn't really matter. Um, thought you're going to buzz me. And I, I said, um, again, well, you said don't do that, so I didn't. Oh, so now you obey. Now you're just a really obedient. What? I, I see how it is. Are you saying I'm not obedient uh, usually? You just, just fake fake it whenever you come in the studio? Everyone needs to know that I'm a good boy. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So, he, so Boba follows this group of uh, space bikers, and they are space bikers. Yeah, they have, like, actual, like, cut-off leather jackets. Vests, yeah. Leather vest jackets. Vest jackets. (laughs) And they line up their speeder bikes all outside exactly like bikers do. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, Are you going to tell them what this Easter egg is? The Easter egg. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I I lost my train of thought. Uh, Clearly. Um, So the place Uh, he goes and he beats up the, he beats up all of these bikers. It's actually amazing. Especially considering that Robert Rodriguez was able to direct some of the worst fight scenes that I'd ever seen in my entire life in the large budget, you know, production. And here, thankfully, Rodriguez is nowhere to be found. And it turns out Tamora Morrison was not the problem because he kicked a lot of butt. But. Yeah. Good. Did you not think he was like, the action was good, it was clear. Yeah, he was seemed awesome. really strong. Good he seemed kind of scary. Like, I would not be wanting to fight him. Well, I wouldn't want to fight him either. He's, he's got missiles on his back. Why are you talking to a clenched tooth like this? Saying, you know, like sound I, good. No, I wasn't doing nurse. Oh, doing he, but yeah, he, he he kicks all these guys' asses. Uh, and, I mean, butts. Uh, he kicks all their rear ends, their booties. That's your one bad word of the podcast. Uh, he gets he kicks a, he kicks a, kicks a lot of booties, and the we find we don't ever find out in the episode they never tell us, but there's like a couple sitting there. And they're like, we're not having this, these bikers in here bullying us around. And the man tries to stand up, and the biker starts electrocuting him, as bikers do, with his little shock stick. Yep. Um, not a euphemism. He actually has a shock stick. A shock stick, yeah. And um, we find out, are you glaring at me? We, find, we, we found out from the internet. I keep wanting to say we found out because we don't find out the thing. But apparently, uh, the location is Tashi Station. Do y'all know what Tashi Station is? We'll give you five seconds. It's where Luke wanted to go get some power converters. That was a way less than five seconds, Dad. Well, I'm not going to just five seconds of dead air while they I go Google it. I could have done like Jeopardy or something. And what would have happened though? There's no there, people are going to call in. 
No, they could have just felt good about themselves whenever he told them the right answer. Anyway, <laughs> the reason that everybody knew it was Tashi Station, since we don't actually see this in the theatrical release or any of the extended versions of A New Hope, is because in one of these documentaries or extended editions, they actually show a cut scene that took place at Tashi Station where Luke meets up with, I believe it's Wedge, and two new people who have weird Star Wars-y names like Laser Sandman and stuff like that. But the couple that he meets that are his friends is the same couple from this scene. Obviously, the actors are much older, so they had to just get stunt doubles or whatever, face doubles, and then did their hair and makeup exactly the same. But it's very clearly the same location and the same people. So that was fun. I thought that was a fun little thing to find out. Normally, whenever you see some clickbaity article about Star Wars stuff, and it's like something about an Easter egg that you'll never have guessed, it will be the lamest Easter egg. It won't even be an Easter egg. Yep. That was your contribution to that? <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't usually find articles about not secret Easter eggs. Well, it'll be things like, in The Force Awakens, you'll never guess who Ray and Finn find aboard the Millennium Falcon. And it'll be like, Harrison Ford. <laughs> and everybody knew it. Well, obviously. Everybody already knew that. That was going to happen. Honestly, one of the one of the uh, one of the worst clickbaity articles I clicked on, and it's embarrassing that I even clicked on it. But it actually said, um, ten celebrities that no, you would never guess were gay." Okay. And the first person on the list was Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much what the Star Wars ones are usually like. So I was very happy about that. Anyway, so the next rest of the episode is Boba Fett teaching the Sand People, the um, Tusken Raiders, as they like to be called now, in the year of our Lord 2022, mm -hmm. uh, how to drive speeder bikes and then how to practice jumping back and forth and basically helping them take down the death train. And in one final Bit of awesomeness. We find out that the death train is manned by. Do you remember who? A robot. Oh my gosh! Of course, it's, yes. It the conductor of the train is a robot, but who is running the train? Oh, I don't remember. I'm not helping you at all on this next this next part of the podcast. Uh, Zero. Who is it? It's the syndicate. Oh, the syndicate, which is. If you remember in the not particularly memorable solo movie, ends up being what Darth Maul is controlling. It's a huge crime organization. Oh. It's also in Clone Wars quite a bit. But more specifically, it was the Pikes. The Pikes. I know them. I know those guys. So we did I did not remember that at all from the episode. We have seen the Pikes uh once other one other time in at the very end of Solo. Really? Yes. The Pikes were in it, but normally, most of the time, we've seen them in the Clone Wars. They control the spice, the spice, which is drugs. It's so weird. There's spice in both Dune sand things. Lands. Yeah, yeah, and it looks kind of the same too. Red. I mean, like glowy magic dust. Yep. Because they actually steal some spice. The Tusken Raiders do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think that though. It was earned. We need to stop with all the flashbacks. They're, they can't be taking up 40% or sorry, 40%. 
40 minutes of a 50 minute episode uh, anymore. But now we have a idea where the show is going to go forward, and so I'm much more bullish on it than you know. Last week I was pretty a, disappointed. There was a cool part in the episode. We've um, we've gone like minute by minute. We were almost as long. Well, that was your fault. It. I took you so long because you're saying um, adding extra minutes. Let me let me just quick just quicken the rest of this episode out. He gets a gaffy stick for like. Um, or he doesn't give a gaff. I, I ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> he, okay. Basically, the same people like, what's like, what's the word when they, when like a, a tribe. You're not doing anything. You're just making hand gestures. Like lets you in. What is it? Accept him. <laughs> sure, they accept him into his into their sand people tribe, and they give him like this. Lizard and it goes into his. Oh yeah, so they basically it's like it's like their Stop. version of like peyote or something. Yeah, I'm just trying to get. You just said they give him a lizard. You're nearly giving him some context. Yeah, so basically he has to go on this like. Well, soul tell him what the lizard journey. does. I thought this was really fun. Instead of just drinking like peyote tea or whatever to go on a he spirit journey, jumps into his nose. Yeah, spirit, and then the, crawls into his brain. Yeah, that's and what controls him. Yeah, it sounds really terrible. It was. It yeah, he terrible. goes on like a, a spirit walk or whatever yeah. you call it. And then he like gets stuck in this tree and then like rips off a branch. And then, like, he makes his own gaffy stick, which is the weapon of choice of the Tuscan Raiders. And that's what he uses in um, the Mandalorian to beat all the uh, stormtroopers. So, yeah, he gets his own gaffy stick, and it's really cool. And you, like, you watch him make it. And then he, like, gets his own Tuscan Raider robes. And it's really cool. It was, it was, it was really awesome. Yeah, I really liked the, how much better they did it than they did in the Matrix Resurrections, where they actually did show a couple, they were really short clips, and they weren't, like, really obvious trying to reinforce something that the audience already got. But they did show two little flashbacks from the prequels. Do you remember that? Where it showed, like, Camino because we for, kind of forget. Oh, yeah. Did they go to Camino in, in the prequels? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you kidding me? That's where Camino was invented. I thought it was invented in Clone Wars. No. Oh. The cartoon? Yeah. No, it was not. Oh. I mean, I understand why you would think that. I, I don't think we saw Camino until episode two, which is terrible. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. We don't talk about that. But yeah, he fights Jango Fett. Obi-Wan does on Camino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cool scene. Yeah. All right. Kind of. Continue. So that's it. Book of Boba Fett is on the rise. I am now firmly on board and really looking forward to every week. I will say with some trepidation, I just found out that Robert Rodriguez is directing three more of the episodes. That means he's directing a total of four. Oh, no. And it's <clears throat> it's only a six-minute or six-episode arc. Hopefully he will do better. Yeah, hopefully he learned some lessons from Steph, who that directed was, this episode. This is not good. Yeah. It is not good. Um, not good at all. But anyway, Book of Boa Fett is put to bed for this week. The book week. has been shut, and we will read the next <laughs> chapter next week. Okay, good job. Thank now, 
Let's talk about the movie that you've been waiting, dying to discuss. Finally. God, you ramble on, and then you've got the Matrix back into this episode. Ugh. Well, don't worry. I cede the floor to you to lead us in a thrilling, riveting discussion of Encanto. All right. Um, good movie. All right, and that's our podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, so music was by Lemon Mo Miranda. What well, is Encanto? What do you mean? Like that's your, you're gonna not tell us anything about it. I was just giving like some background. Well, I didn't even know that it had music in it. Okay, what does do this movie have real people in it? It's, Is it a movie with puppets? What do you want me to say? What do you, What do you want me to say, I'm Father? Just, you're you said you weren't gonna help me. You didn't say you were gonna harm me during this episode, well, during this segment of the you podcast. You say something like the latest animated musical from Disney. We already know it's from Disney, and we already said it was a musical last week. Uh, last week? Nobody remembers that. Everyone remembers that. I remember that. No, no one remembers. Oh, you got to re- get a re- a musical. Set, reset up the movie. It's the newest musical on Disney+. Plus. Is it like High School the Musical? or? No, it's not like... High, it's the newest animated musical on Disney+. Plus. And do they draw it with their hands or with their computers? Oh, my... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, the music was by Lemon Mo Miranda, who um, did the music for Hamilton and In the Heights. Is he um, famous? Is he famous? Dad, he did Hamilton and In the Heights. I'm just asking, geez. Are you, you, I'm just asking. You're really angering me to a new level. Um, the directors are Byron Howard and Jared Bush. and um, They've directed some of Disney's... Big ones. Yeah, the better Disney movies. Yeah. They, they did Zootopia. Um, Byron did Zootopia and Tangled. And, Those are good. Um, yeah, good. Obviously. Um, I think everyone knows that they're objectively amazing. And then... I don't know if everybody knows that. I don't really know what Jared did. I think he also they, did They Zootopia. also, they directed them together, and they also wrote them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. This is this is truth. Your true thing. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Um... Do you want to go ahead and give us a plot synopsis of this movie? No, I won't be doing that. Oh, no, 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 But no, no, I do no, want to no. say the movie stars uh, one of my favorite uh, actresses from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You can tell us who it is once you, once you give us a plot synopsis, Dad. If I'm running the episode, I have to do what you do. We all know that everyone tunes in only to hear your plot synopsis. That's the only reason people hear? That's all. That's the only reason. That's awesome. I but anyway, like, Stephanie Beatrice is a star of this. Why are, you, why are you like trying to not talk about that? I think that that's really awesome. That is awesome. She's a lead in this, and she was really great. I thought she has a great singing voice. She was also in In the Heights, but she didn't have a very big part. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, by all means, give us the plot synopsis. Yay. Okay, hang on. I guess gonna. All right. So, there's a magical family. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Isn't that cool? Well, you skipped a whole... How did that family become magical? That's not a part of the plot. That, that, is, that is a whole part of the plot. That doesn't matter at all. Oh, my God. Um, So there's this magical family, mm-hmm. and each pe- person... each what is, what, is a, what is a family member? Each family member um, has their own special power, except for one, and her name is Mirabelle. And basically, all their magic starts to fade, and Mirabelle, the only one who doesn't have magic, has to stop it. Has to stop the magic from fading and the house breaking. 
How was that? How was that synopsis right there? It was pretty good in that it shows you exactly how thin the plot of this movie is. It's the biggest issue that I have with the movie as a whole is that the plot is very, very simple, insubstantial. Yeah, but it has good music. It does have really good music. It has but great music. Like, just think of what you just now said. There's a magical family. They're starting to lose their magic. The daughter has to figure out how to not stop it. By the way, if you think this not involves going on to stop it, do you think this involves going on like some crazy quest? Like it's like there's a magical ring and they have to like walk it up to a giant volcano and figure out how to recharge their magic ring, or they have to go flying up into space and fight some space aliens to figure out how to recharge their magic. No, this this is this entire story takes place inside the house, right? The same house. Now, the house is amazingly designed. Yeah, it's awesome. But it I just want to show the movie is just very, very small. Yeah, but that's fine. I don't feel like it needs to be that big. I think, like I told you. It's a fun I, story about family. Like I said earlier, and it has this. about as com- much complexity or plot, plot, plotting-wise. Not thematically. Thematically, it actually tackles some pretty big issues. But uh, plotting-wise... It's about as deep and long as the Three Little Bears story, just stretched out to feature length with a lot of really good boppy music. And I really did like the music quite a bit. I also really liked the animation style. Yeah. Um, similar to, um, like, Inside Out, right? Am I wrong there? Um, that's Pixar. So I'd like to keep it more it, in the Disney family. All right, then you pick one. You pick a movie. Moana. Moana, that's what I meant. That's what I meant to say. They're basically the same. <laughs> They're nothing the same. Um, nothing I like, I mean. So the thing, the key thing that Solomon left out, though, is that these are refugees, Colombian refugees. We don't know what city they're fleeing from, or I don't remember what city. We don't know who's really chasing them. It's obviously some bad people. I imagine it's kind of a metaphor for the cartel, if, you know, but they're not going to just straight up mention cartels in the Disney in the movie. movies. Or it could, yeah. be, it could be, you know, corrupt government. I, I honestly... Sadly, don't know that much about the history of Colombia in the unspecified era in which this movie takes place. So essentially they're fleeing from, you know, these people that are kind of chasing them down. The bad men. The The bad men, yeah. bad. Yeah. And um, somehow a magical... Candle? Yeah, like somehow, I I don't remember how it becomes magical, do you? No. It wasn't magical before. Yeah, it was just a candle. And then she, like, cries. Oh, I think somebody, like, sacrifices themselves, and it causes the... And the candle creates a magical valley that they live in. So they're protected on all sides, and they live in a magical valley with a magical house. Mm -hmm. The magical magicals. Yeah. They're called the magicals. All right. So um, that's all I had to say. Um, Back over to you. Now we have the plot. Awesome. So... Now what do we do? I don't know. You tell me. All right. So there's some good music. Um, two that I thought were standout um, pieces of music. Um, one was called Surface Pressure. And it's a surface pressure. Is that not how it goes? What are you, what are you doing? Are you fixing to sing it? No, I'm not going to sing it. How does it go then? Either the audience is going to think that my way is the right way. They're not going to think that. Then you better sing some of it. It's I, your favorite song. What do you mean? It's my favorite song. It is my favorite song. It's really good. Okay. It's a really good song, but I'm not going to sing it for you because okay. you don't deserve that, Dad. Okay. Um, it's a really great song, and it's about how the sisters having to like carry the family, 
and she's having a lot of sh- a lot of stress and pressure put onto her, hence the song "Service Pressure." And that's one of the things that maybe did you mention already that each of the family members has a special, unique power. Yeah, they each have a very yeah, a, they're they're very different. It's not like one can shoot lasers out of their eyes. Like this sister, what, I can't remember her name. Louisa. Louisa, yeah, she's, she's really strong and yeah, she's, she and she's huge. Yeah, and she's really big. Um, so yeah, she's having to like carry all the family burdens and she's like always a strong one. So she feels the need that she has to carry all the weight on her back. And it's like a metaphor for her, like her, um, physical strength and her emotional strength. And it's really good. It's a really great song. And the art is really pretty for the scene. Cause it's like a weight tipping and then, um, her flying, yep. like trying to escape reality. The directors have now worked in the 3D animated space well enough that they are really doing like cinematography and you know what I mean? obviously it's digital cinematography but they're really playing with it the way a director would especially in this movie where it, it's kind of a classic old school musical so it's going to live and die based on its musical numbers and they really play into what they can do inside of this digital space in ways that I thought was really interesting yeah um, the other song I think you're going to mention was uh, Suddenly Hugo. That's a really great Suddenly song. Suddenly Hugo? What? Yeah. What even is that? That's that song that you really liked. Is it a mix of Suddenly, Suddenly Hugo? Who's Hugo? Oh, Bruno. Sorry. Suddenly Bruno. Yeah. Suddenly Bruno. Why are you singing Suddenly Seymour? Are you going to sing it for us? We don't talk about Bruno. No, no. You look like a monkey just now. <laughs> How did I look like a monkey? You made like weird monkey lip face. It's because my lip is bleeding. Really? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I felt like everyone should know that my my lip is bleeding. Yeah. Just gushing blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's just blood all over the studio. It's crazy. Oh my gosh! You took it too far now. All right. So, as I was saying, it's a song called "We Don't Talk About Bruno," and um. It's it's like really popular. Like everyone I know, I was in I was on my. F- you good? Yeah, I'm good. I was um like asleep, like taking a nap, and um I woke up to like a huge group chat singing the whole song on my phone through text. Wow. And I was very angry because I had like 200 texts. So you're saying that it's really popular because you and your other ten year old friends Ten-year-olds? all texted about it. No, I would text it because I don't know the song very well. But, like, um, I just heard, Dad, I'm going to slap you in the face. Why are you doing this to me? You can't threaten parental assault on podcasts specifically. That's the rule? I can't threaten parental assault on podcasts? Mm -hmm. Can I do it on a TV show? No. Any kind of media. Okay, then I won't do that. All right, keep going. Yeah, it's it's a really... Catchy, except for I don't know how it goes because I only heard it well, once. It sounds catchy. You sold me. And it actually, there's a lot. What I love about it is everyone has a has a special part. Like even the people, there's a lot of uh, like a lot of the family in, in members. In the song, everyone has a special part in the song. Yeah, because a lot of the family members don't have like their own songs, like Louisa does. So you actually get an opportunity to hear everyone else's voices, which I think is very important in a musical father that everyone's voices are heard <laughs> yeah why are you playing with the outlet it's why did distracting you feel, me why did you feel the need to point that out to it everyone this was really distracting me that you're sticking your finger in the outlet i'm not, it's not in the outlet anyway so moving on so you have suddenly bruno 
and you have the under pressure song surface pressure uh, any other any other standouts um those are the, those are my two favorites do you have any standouts i like the familia madrigal song that she sings at the beginning but again i can't really we only watched it once i can't i can't remember how we it goes we could have watched it again but you said no well, you, yeah you didn't watch it again either so <laughs> well I, you just wanted me to watch it by myself i mean you're the one who's like all obsessed with these songs i well, thought it was a perfectly pleasurable movie if it's ever on at someone's house i'll have no problem watching it it's a i think it's a great movie okay i think it was very good the 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 plot was fun the main character is good use air quotes when you say plot i need you to okay the plot was fun they they didn't see me do that you got to say you got to say the quote air quote unquote. the quote unquote <laughs> plot was fun um the the main the uh, Stephanie Beatrice does a great job. The art is amazing. Uh, watching her go through all these like journeys and talking to her family and actually like understanding everyone, just I there was it was just good. It's fun. I honestly, and I'm not trying to be facetious, cannot remember what was happening with all the magic. What like what? Why did it was it going away? Was it because the grandma had become too focused on protecting the family? Did, did all the magic come back at the end? The magic came back at the end. How did it, how, why was it leaving? Because of her. Because of? Mirabelle. She was, she was in, she could have either destroyed it or helped it. And she was like destroying it. Why? I don't know. How? How do I not know? How is she destroying it? Is that your that doesn't sound right to me? Now I feel embarrassed. Well, something happened where someone gets locked in a room. Like the grandma finds out what about Mirabelle's powers, and she thinks it's too dangerous, so she doesn't let her go to the thing. Is that why? It's very. I'm very fuzzy on the plot details of this movie. We don't need to worry about that. That's not important. <laughs> that's just what well, we like need to worry in about. Beauty and the Beast. If someone said, "What was the whole deal with the rose?" You'd be able to tell them what the deal with the rose was. You know well, what I mean? Well, we don't know the deal with the candle. It just knows that it's going out. We need to stop it. We don't know how or why. Uh, we know or how they stopped it or what uh, happened. We know. We know how they stopped it. it I want to be the clear. Family. The movie does show you this, but no, it was because the family was. It was because yeah, it's because the family was like breaking apart, and wait, no, that can't be right. <laughs> but it's got stopped because the family. The fa what is so funny? It's just really funny. The family like like being all together and like loving each other is what fixed it though. Everyone working together and you know. Well, of course, that's how every vaguely that's how everything. I'm talking about specifics. That's the problem with the I think with the movie. The specifics of what happens in this movie are so not important to anybody. But that, that it's just supposed to be fun. It doesn't need to be so important and specific. Like, why are you? I didn't say it needs to be. I didn't say it needs to be important. I didn't mean that. You know why? Are you just why are you constricting this movie and putting all these boundaries on it? You don't need to do that. I just don't let need. It they put be. A, they put plenty of boundaries on themselves. Just let it be. Just there. I, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm just letting it be there. But I'm just trying to point out that the plot. Don't point you, it out. You love the movie. You unabashedly love it. You said you love it a million times, and even you can't tell me what the movie is about at the end of the day. I don't love it because of what it's about. I love it because of what because it's about. Because of how, about. It, how it's about it, as I, Roger Ebert used to say. I love 
I love the the message, the music. What's the message? The message is twofold. Oh. I can't wait to see you try and pull two folds out of your behind. <laughs> what? All right. One. First one. First fold. First fold is family. You cannot say the news about family. I oh, is it not about family? Is it is there sure. not families in it? <laughs> the family is that you the, the family fold is you must. <laughs> Love your family. <laughs> Love your family. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and work together and build trust and know that you can you can trust your family and set boundaries with your family and lean on your family. Wow! You just need to be with your family. I have teaspoons deeper than that. <laughs> teaspoons, and then the second fold. I mean, you described just now the plot of every single episode of Full House. <laughs> well, or theme, if you're going to call it that. Um, now, the second fold is uniqueness. All right, you you don't have to you you don't have to <laughs> have a magic power to be special. <laughs> no, not not that exactly, but that is what that's the literal meaning. You don't have to have some kind of special skill. Or you don't have to be a a savant. That's the word is savant. Yeah, savant to be important, be special, and important and unique. You can be you. Just be you, and you can do. You can do. Oh man! <laughs> be you, and you can do. Isn't so, that good? I'm weird that you chose the two most topical, and I mean like topical as in surface level things. Um. Because there actually is some really interesting themes in here regarding uh, refugees and... Um, they only talk about the refugees in the beginning. And really diving into, um, you know, Colombian Colombian culture. But they only talk about the refugees in the beginning. It's okay. How is that I like understand. a main theme? I understand why your generation would really want to focus on the, you don't have to have any skills or abilities or talent to be really special. Because I understand that probably, probably feels really good to know. Are you being Are you being rude? No. Why would I be being rude? <laughs> I feel like you're being uh, mean. I hold I being mean. I didn't say that you don't have any skills. Yeah, or but that's what it sounds like. Or talent. That's what it feels like. I didn't say I'm that. I'm the only one in our generation here in this room. That doesn't mean that you. And you're attacking. There's a cross generational podcast about movies, and you're attacking one half I'm of not the generation. You. I'm just saying. I. But you're I can attacking, see why that'd be appealing. But you're attacking one half of the generations. I'm not. How am I attacking you? All I just said. I understand why it'd be, it'd be appealing. You said your generation. You don't even need to have any special skills to be special. That's what you just now said to me. Or talents or, or abilities. Or talents or abilities. Yeah. That's what you I said. Have, you're saying I don't have any abilities. I just think that people need to accept and be okay with the fact that most of us aren't special. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you aren't special. Does mean it. Nothing very special about you. What? Not you specifically. Uh, uh, you just no the general you. I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying for people. You're rude. You're, you're really <laughs> hurtful. Talk I, about. I your, wasn't talking talk about, about you. your dumb messages and themes. I that wasn't aren't mine. talking about you. <laughs> My themes are nice and wholesome, and you're just out here attacking me. I was talking about people in general. 
Well, tell us about your themes. I just told told you my my. Two you didn't themes. go into any detail about. I them. don't really know that the movie did either, but there were some interesting themes there. Well, that's just that's just themes, not like the theme. Maybe different is the right word. I think you can be everybody is different. Yeah, unique. Yeah, but not special. But yeah, you are special. To Jesus. You must have something. I've met people who didn't have anything. Well, we've all met some. Well, some people. <laughs> all right, now we're just going down a dark, dark, twisty path. Of meanness. Of, but like of meanness. most, like 99% of the population has something special about them. Oh, man. Even if you haven't found it yet. But you are special. And you are loved. And you will be found. I'm That's done now with this. I'm just letting it. I think the podcast got I think, too sappy guys, for me. Hey, hey, hey! If you need to talk, hit me up. I got you. <laughs> I love you guys. On that note, you want to take us out? Um, yeah. You can hit me up on Instagram at KinThePick. And also follow us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Kid Stays in the Picture on Instagram or follow us on roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.